Welcome to the Africa Green Collar Project, Africa's first podcast to rethink sustainability by engaging students, professionals, student movements and organizations working in sustainability. This week, as part of our energy series, we're engaging two solar PV energy enthusiasts, Adam from Poland and Enrique from Mexico. We learn about how solar cells work, we explore why solar PV energy is so important for our energy future, and we learn about a new generation of solar cells that could redefine the future of PV technology. I am your host, Churchill Amundi Agutu, so listen in, engage us, and learn something new. Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on the Africa Green Collar Project. I am your host, Churchill Omondi Agutu, and today on Teach Me About, we're going to talk about solar energy. I am joined by Adam Winszukowicz, all the way from Warsaw in Poland, and Enrique Castolo from Mexico City in Mexico. Welcome guys. Hello. Hey, hey Churchill. Nice, nice to be here. Okay, yeah. so um, we met during the Student Energy Summit in Mexico earlier this year, and um, we thought that it would be interesting to basically do a podcast that talks about solar energy specifically. So to begin, how about you introduce yourselves? Okay, so as you've mentioned, my name is Adam, and I'm from Poland. Uh, I'm studying nanostructure engineering at the Faculty of Physics at the University of Warsaw. And regarding my scientific activities, uh, I've been doing research on photovoltaics since my bachelor's studies. And I'm focused on third generation of solar cells, currently available only at laboratories because we have still several obstacles to overcome. And this generation, this generation will be a real breakthrough uh, in comparison to silver, the silicon solar panels. But I guess it's one of topics of this podcast, therefore maybe I stop here my introduction to, to avoid spoilers. <laughs> okay. And how about yeah. you, Enrique? Well, hello guys, my name is Enrique Castolo and I'm from Mexico City. I am an industrial engineer currently working on a solar company called Bright. I'm an energy consultant, more specifically, and uh, yeah, I studied... Uh, Mexico, uh, my bachelor degree, and I also uh, uh, specialized a little bit on energy in Munich, in Germany, uh, like two years ago. So yeah, it's 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 a good time to to be here and, and talking about uh, energy and the opportunities for the future to come. Okay, thank you guys. So we, as I've mentioned, we're talking about solar energy and specifically photovoltaic cells. And I think to start us off, um, we have to talk about why solar energy is so important and why we're talking about this topic. Um, from a sub-Saharan Africa perspective, it's just important to notice, first of all, to, to learn and to notice, first of all, that sub-Saharan Africa has some of the highest amounts of solar irradiation annually. We get a lot of sun, and so it's a great opportunity for us to look at PV technology as an opportunity for us to provide um, electricity, especially in a continent where, as I've mentioned before, more than 650 billion, 60, 650 billion people in the continent do not have access to electricity. How about you guys? Why do you think that this is such an important topic to talk about? Uh, okay, so regarding my country, uh, Poland, basically radiation is good enough, let's say, but how widespread PVs are uh, depends on other factors like energy policy of my own country. Yeah, yeah from, from my point of view, uh, in Mexico, for example, we are the third uh, country with uh, the highest irradiation in the world. So mm -hmm. 
in terms of uh, potential, we 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 have to 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 explore this research that we 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 have in Mexico, and uh, I mean. Uh, this moment in time is crucial because uh, the cost of uh, solar technologies are is decreasing exponentially. So, it is starting to make sense uh, for a lot of developing countries to to uh, invest on this type of technology. So, yeah, and I believe this this technology can solve a lot of uh, social and and obviously the the climate change issue issue around the world. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so to our listeners, just a reminder: it's we're going at a, we're giving you an in-depth analysis into PV cells, and so um, so far from the introductions, you know that our physicist is Adam, and he's going to really tell us about how the story of PV cells actually began. So basically, giving us a brief history. Go ahead, Adam. Okay, so it began in 1939, and. French experimental physicist named Edmund Becquerel, um, only 19 years old at the time, uh, discovered that when exposing certain materials to sunlight, he could generate an electric current, and he named this phenomenon the photovoltaic effect. Um, after 60 years, uh, 60 years mm -hmm. later, uh, Max Planck proposed the term of quanta and then Albert Einstein published a paper explaining the photoelectric effect on the quantum basis. Uh, but in terms of technology, uh, in my opinion, the key discovery using up today was made by Polish chemist Jan Czochralski in 1918. He invented the Czochralski process, which is used for growing single crystals and in the production of semiconductor wafers. And decades later, uh, the method was adopted to produce single crystal silicon, uh, the most widespread photovoltaic technology. Mm -hmm. So these are the, the the widespread are the ones you, the solar cell the solar panels that we see on the roofs now every day, and we see them on a lot of these photos. Yeah, exactly. So okay, and um, how exactly do these solar cells work? Mm, okay, so maybe I start with an analog of solar cell. Yeah. Uh, my favorite one is a hydrodynamical heat engine. Uh, imagine a reservoir of water and the flame below. Um, through heating up, one can rise water flow from a lower to an upper level. Uh, the device absorbs energy and water evaporates, of course, and it moves into an upper reservoir. Then the force of gravity makes water false and moves the turbine. Uh, now, just we have to swap hydrodynamical elements using electrical, and we have a solar cell, where minimal amount of heat plays a role of the photon appropriate of the, for the band gap of the material effective layer, and the falling water is an electric current. But maybe now we can switch into physics <laughs> for, for a while. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, so... If an incoming photon's energy is equal to the band gap of the semiconductor, so this is this material which you use in active layer, an electron is boosted from the valence band into the conduction band and contributes to the power output of the solar cell. If the photon's energy is less than, than the band gap, no electron can absorb it and the energy goes basically unused. But on the other hand, 
photons with energy greater than the band gap are absorbed, but their extra energy, namely anything greater than the band gap, is lost as heat. And basically, it's an example of issue of silicon solar cells. Um, what happens to so, the energy yeah. if, it's if it's less than the band gap? What happens to the energy of that PV, the energy that strikes the PV cell? As I've mentioned, this energy goes unused and it can reflect, for instance. Okay, okay. Well, to the listeners, for more information about how PV cells work, you can log on to pveducation.org. We've made sure that we've attached the link to this podcast. So, um, Adam, I guess you have a bit more information that you'd like to talk about regarding PV cells. Yeah, so probably I, I, I can here introduce the generations of solar cells, yeah, because we can distinguish three of them. And the first generation solar cells are based on silicon wafers and they active uh, and they achieve a performance about 15 to 20 percent, more, more or less, okay. of course. What do you uh, mean by performance? Um, oh, okay. So um, it's a good question, basically, because the answer is not obvious. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, we can distinguish uh, two main efficiencies, let's say. Uh, the first one is commonly known just as efficiency or performance. And in fact, we call it also a power conversion efficiency. So it is the ratio between the useful output of an energy conversion machine in general. Uh, in our case, it's solar cell uh, and mm -hmm. the input in energy terms. For instance, uh, a solar panel with 20% efficiency and an area of one square meter will produce uh, 200 watts at standard test conditions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the, sec the second efficiency is more fancy, let's say, because it appeals to quantum physics. Okay. Uh, and here we can also distinguish two types of these quantum efficiencies, external and internal. But in general, in general, it means how many photons we need to excite an electron. For instance, hypothetically, 100% means that one photon excites one electron. 50%, we need two photons to excite one electron, and so on. But if you are interested in a strict definition, I think just Google these terms and you will find many articles for sure. Okay. Mm, okay, so... Is it good enough, my answer, or would you like to yeah, yeah, extend yeah. it? What do you think? No, no, I, I think you can now just go on and tell us a bit about the different um, the generations of solar cells that you were talking about. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, so maybe I, I'll continue with generations of PV. So uh, this technology, uh, but the, the technology in the first generation solar cells uh, to obtain silicon monocrystals has been mentioned earlier, the, the technology. Yeah? It's namely Chokhrasky process. Mm. And this type of solar cells dominates the market and is mainly seen on rooftops. Uh, of course, the benefits of this technology lie in their good efficiency and high stability. Uh, however, a substantial disadvantage is a complex processing, uh, which requires a lot of energy and it lies relatively a high cost and a long payback. 
the second generation, uh, which some people also call thin film solar cells, um, generally speaking, are based on other semicondu semiconductors than crystalline silicon, uh, such as CIGS, uh, namely copper, indium, gallium, selenite, or CDTE, or amorphous silicon. Uh, and here the typical performance is 10 to, uh, to 15%. And on account of avoidance silicon wafers, um, it has been possible to reduce um, production costs of these cells in comparison to the first generation. Uh, however, as the production of second generation solar cells still include vacuum processes and high temperature treatments, uh, there is still a considerable energy consumption. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think that worth mentioning is that in this generation, uh, we can distinguish very interesting type of solar cells, namely multi-jaction cells, uh, because they contain few semiconductors with different band gaps as their active layers, and in consequence, um, they can absorb solar light more effectively. And the highest performance ever achieved is, as I know, 36%. But it's not possible to find them in the market because of extremely high cost of production. But for instance, in space, they have other priorities. Yeah, yeah sorry, I was just going to ask about the multi-junction cells. So you're saying that they capture a bigger part of the solar spectrum. So they capture more um, wavelengths. Uh, yeah, it's possible to capture it more effectively because we have we, we tune band gaps so we can fulfill the sp solar spectrum more effectively yeah? because one semiconductor will um, absorb solar energy in different part than the others. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, and the last generation, the third one, is my favorite basically because of my research on them and the active layer consists of small molecules or polymers and the tremendous tremendous advantage of this generation is their potentially low cost of production compared to the first and the second generation and the technology related to this generation is relatively cheap and easy because you know imagine that we can literally print their whole solar panel under ambient conditions. Mm. Mm. Here, the highest reported efficiency is about 10%. I know that it's not smashing result yet, but I see a bright future for small molecules. But truly, truly interesting type of this generation are perovskite solar cells. Um, this is without doubt the rising star in photovoltaics. Mm, they improved power conversion efficiency from around 4% in 2009 to 22 in early 2016. Um, benefits of this type of solar cells are, among others, their possible flexibility and injecting printing techniques to prepare a device uh, which declines cost of production considerably. And I should also mention about the fact that one of first companies in the world uh, which are going to commercialize perovskite solar cells has been founded by Polish physicist Olga Marinkiewicz and I was lucky enough to did an internship at this company and they have already worked in prototype of the panel uh, which means that 
basically the future is now um, and they expect that uh, panels will be operational in fall of 2018 but the main issue related to perovskites uh, is their poor stability and scientists are trying to understand this extraordinary material and to overcome the hurdles before applying them into market. And besides of their high efficiency, uh, people predict that perovskites have the shortest payback period of less than a year, which is about 10 times better result compared to silicon solar cells. Okay, so from, from what I get, um, from what I get, you're saying that basically they'll be able to produce these um, new perovskite solar cells in the year 2018, but they're actually much cheaper to produce than the polycrystalline cells that we're, we're manufacturing now for use. Yes, exactly, exactly. Okay, thank you so much, Adam, for that. Uh, to our listeners, that is the end of our first part of the podcast. Please stay tuned for part two, where we're going to involve, um, talk to Enrique as well, and look at uh, solar energy in the developing world. We're going to explore opportunities that are available for you to be involved. And um, we look forward to listening to you. Thank you so much. Thank you.